0: You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere, for everything, all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform, and if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. This is a very important, very special, very different, kind of never been done before episode here on Seeing Other People. I recorded in the beginning of 2021 an episode with an anonymous guest. It was the first kind of unfiltered episode and one of the things that sparked the whole series And it was about a girl getting a unplanned pregnancy when she was in college. And we had her come on and she shared her story and what it was like going through. And I, it's been a really hard few days and a really hard week since hearing the news about Roe v. Wade. And I know everyone's feeling it in different ways and everyone's trying to figure out what they can do. And it's a really... Scary, really difficult time to be a woman. I wanted to bring back that episode and kind of re release it because, just for anyone who's scared, for anyone who's confused, for anyone who just wants to hear about what it's like to even go through that process of finding out that you're pregnant and deciding to get an abortion. Obviously, it's going to be incredibly different now in many states and in in many ways, but. I reached back out to that guest who actually, this was not mentioned the first time around, but she is one of my best friends. And I am so honored to have her as a friend. She's so strong. She's so incredible. And she actually had the idea, instead of just re-releasing the episode, she was like, well, why didn't I come on and do a follow-up? And we just talk about what's going on right now. So here she is. Welcome. Thank Hi. you so much for being here.
1: Thank you as always for having me back on the episode. Uh, it is pretty insane that we have to have this follow up conversation. I was extremely privileged in my experience that I was able to get to a Planned Parenthood that I had the funds to take care of anything that needed payment. I had the transportation. So. You know, I am thinking about everything that's happening a ton, obviously, but recognize just how lucky I was in my own experience and just how authentic that was to me. A lot of my friends obviously know that I had an abortion years ago, and a lot of my friends this week have been reaching out to me since it was announced that Roe v. Wade was overturned and just saying, I'm so sorry, I'm thinking of you and thinking of you. And what I keep saying is you have nothing to say sorry and thinking of me for. We should really be thinking of the millions of other women it's going to affect and who won't have a ability to get an abortion and the access exactly and just like what can we do for those women yeah. and how can we help we need to continue to protest we need to continue to educate each other and other people on it and we need to just unite as a society and just even though the decision by the supreme court has been made like what else can we do to help so many different women.
0: Yeah. And it really scares me because even a few months ago, I remember buddy who was living in Texas reached out and wanted to connect with you after hearing your episode. And, And even then before this happened, that wasn't something that you were able to do because it was literally, and is literally illegal to help somebody in one of these States. Guy, even guide them or give them advice on how to get an abortion. That blew my mind. I know. And that was before.
1: Exactly. My intent of coming on to the episode initially last year was to share my story that would ultimately help other women and show kind of a network of women that you can send to me that I can talk with them through everything. And like the unfortunate truth is places like Texas, I I became too afraid to- have those personal conversations with women because of all of these laws that are passed you know in Texas if you're an uber driver driving a woman to get an abortion that uber driver can be charged with a, a, with something
0: whatever whatever <laughs> with something charged. And it's,
1: yeah so it's if if I were a woman that needed an abortion in one of the states that it will it has been and will be un- inaccessible, I don't even know who I would turn to because you don't want to put other people at risk of anything, but you obviously need a support system. Yeah. Um, So it's terrifying and sad. And, you know, the other day I was home visiting my parents in Jersey and we're from a pretty liberal town. And I would say most of the people I grew up with were very pro-choice, but there was a giant pro-life rally that we passed. And I just had an urge to scream at them, but it's really important to make sure that we remain peaceful and that we are using our voices in the right way and not fighting, but working toward making a good yeah. change.
0: And obviously I think like our social feeds and the people we follow are on the same page. They're all pro-choice and stuff. So I do think in, as opposed to kind of more like political- like the presidential elections and stuff, I think there's less of that fighting and conflict in terms of like within friend groups and within the people we follow and places we're commenting. And it really is like this wonderful and magical coming togetherness. Mm -hmm. But with everything else, like with every school shooting, with every, you know, kind of like traumatic, horrible, devastating crisis that happens, we see this time and again, where People rally together for a week or two, and then they forget. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally still war going on. Right. And and we don't see anyone talking about it. Did seeing that rally and those people protesting take you back? Because whenever I've seen that, it it's taken me right back to when I drove you up to Planned Parenthood in school and there were people outside yelling at us. And it was really scary.
1: I don't know if it took me back to that moment because... Just unfortunately, living in New York City, that's just something we're exposed to and have been um, a lot. But it definitely brings up feeling of rage for me. And that's just not who I am as a person. But it's just how can humans just see things so unbelievably differently? And you know what pissed me off the most was in this particular pro-life pro- protest that we I saw the other day, every single person was white every single person was over the age of 50. And I would say about 80% of the people were men. And it's just like, how dare you? And what is scary about Roe v. Wade being overturned that I keep thinking about is what's next? Are they going to go back on same sex marriage being legal? That was only in 2015. Roe v. Wade was in the 70s. Like, Why are they not to change that? It's only been a few years. And what else are they going to change? Yeah. Uh, so it's really scary. It's frightening to be a minority, especially it's frightening to be a woman and just what can we do is the big question. So that's my hope for when people are listening on this and commenting, like comment, really what can we do other than continuing these conversations and taking a stand for the right thing?
0: Absolutely. And I think like one of the most horrifying parts of it is that it's not like, yes, it's about getting an abortion if you get pregnant in some unwanted pregnancy, but there are so many, and you guys know, like I'm not a medical professional here, but just from everything I'm seeing and the research I'm doing and what I've been hearing is there are so many cases where a woman who is intending on having a child and that child is not going to be born. And the medical actual like solution for that is an abortion. And without an abortion, the woman will literally die. And there's basically no other way about it. And that is like, it blows my mind how something like this can be passed.
1: I mean, let's talk about atopic pregnancies. When, you know, the fetus starts growing inside of the fallopian tube, the fetus has no chance of living, I think. I'm also not a doctor. The mother is at extreme risk of death. And again, to your point, the solution is abortion to save the baby, to save the mother. I mean, you want to talk about pro-life, then help these women who are going to die if they don't get an abortion. Right. You want to talk about pro-life, take away gun rights. You know, they just made it legal for people to walk around without a permit in New York City with a gun. I'm afraid to take a subway now. That's not very pro-life, if you ask me.
0: And there are also like religious implications. There are a lot of religions, Ju- Judaism included, which if the baby puts the mother at risk in the Jewish religion, you save the mother. Mm-hmm. And this obviously clearly goes against that. I know that's just one example, but it's just, it's really, really horrible. I mean, I'm, I'm someone
1: that, fully plans on having a family. And that stage of my life is hopefully not so far away. But my fiance, his sister lives in Austin, Texas, and he's eager to move there because he wants to be close to her. It's a very cool city. And I said point blank, like, I cannot live in a state that I won't have access to an abortion. Not because I necessarily think I'm going to want one again, but just, I just can't accept being part of a society and again that comes from a place of privilege that I'm able to make those decisions and live in a place like New York where it continues to be accessible.
0: Yeah. My parents have been trying to get me to move to Florida since, since they moved to Florida last winter and I'm like no can do. I will not be moving to Florida.
1: Right. Right. But then I think about all of the women and anyone who's childbearing able who live in those states that just have no release, who can't just leave.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have read, and I know this is something that I think you mentioned this in the episode, I'm not sure you because of a blood clotting issue, you were not able to take the actual abortion pill. But I do want to call out that as of now, it is legal to take that It is FDA approved. And unless things change, as of now, you can take that no matter what state you're in. And even I think I've read that if they do kind of try and block that you can still get it shipped from other countries and it is legal. And for the most part, if it's something that's safe, obviously consult with your doctor, but it is safe to do that in many cases. From other countries or from other states? From other countries, you could get it shipped in. If U.S. states end up saying you can't have this, as of now, that's what I've read. But there are so many resources. There are so many places for you to read more and learn more from doctors, from professionals. Unlike ourselves. But yeah, I I just I really appreciate you coming back on and sharing this. And I'm excited to play back that episode. I think it it really was a turning point. And I know this is not about the podcast right now, but it really was a turning point for me in my mission for this show and the impact that I wanted to have with it. So just from the bottom of my heart, thank you again for doing that and doing this and being my best friend. And I love you. Well, I'm like getting you. emotional. <laughs>
1: Uh, listeners, Alana is officiating my wedding, so give her some tips on that too.
0: Yeah, please. I need them.
1: <laughs> nice right. to about
0: me. Do you have anything else to say? Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted to share?
1: No, but I'll end it with the same way. I hope I ended the last episode, which is just reach out. And it is scary to help people from the States that it's literally illegal, but- That is what our mission is, and we're not going to let that stop us. So DM seeing other people, DM Alana. She can give you my contact information. And always, always just use your network as a resource because that's really how we're going to get through anything is by leaning on each other.
0: Absolutely. Beautifully said. All right, let's run back the episode. This was originally called Unplanned, and it came out in, I think, February or March of 2021. Let's
1: do it. I remember... It was 4th of July, right after my senior year. So a few months after this happened and I was celebrating at a friend's lake house and I slept in the same bed as another guy, fully clothed. He was fully clothed. We did not touch each other. And I woke up the next day hysterically crying and called my gynecologist and said, I slept in the same bed as a guy. Am I pregnant? And I mean, obviously that's not possible. It was extremely irrational, but that's that's just where your head goes. It's like, oh my God, this terrible, scary thing happened to me. Is it going to keep happening? Am I just doomed and <laughs> going to be pregnant every other day for the rest of my life? Um, wh- which sounds so silly in retrospect, but it really was how I was feeling.
0: Hey guys, it's Solana. I think we should jump right into it. This is definitely a really important topic and an important episode. And I think some episodes are a little more lighthearted and entertaining, and this one's definitely a more serious topic. So on this episode, we are bringing on someone who had an unwanted pregnancy and went through the process of finding that out, having to tell friends and family about it, having to decide whether or not she should tell the person who she got pregnant with, and then deciding and going through with getting an abortion. And obviously, this is a controversial topic, And a lot of you listening right now might be saying, well, I've never gotten pregnant. That's not going to happen to me. I don't need to listen to this. Whether or not you have or haven't or may or may not, I think it's a really important thing for us to discuss because you never know if it's going to happen to you or to someone you know. And it's also just an important thing for us to be able to know how to talk about and people don't talk about it enough. Um, And I also definitely want to hit on the angle of if your friend or someone you know or a family member ends up getting pregnant how do you actually approach that situation so we have a guest with us who is going to remain anonymous and I will let her explain why but thank you so much for being here we really appreciate it and we are so so happy to have you if you want to briefly introduce yourself sans name go for it
1: hi <laughs> thank you for having me um you know, I have to say, I don't listen to too many dating podcasts in my day-to-day. I'm more of a crime junkie kind of gal, but when I listen to you guys, I feel like I'm there and I feel like I'm a part of the dating drama and the dating scene and it really pulls me in. Um, I also want to shout out the fact that, you know, whether you guys realize it or not, obviously your target audience are people who are dating and people who are going through all the conflicts of ghosting and meeting people and what... I don't know if you guys even realize is your content is also so valuable for listeners who are in serious relationships. I mean, I've been in a relationship for two and a half years now and I'm constantly listening. You know, there's such a such a thought that once you're in a serious relationship, everything's amazing. Everything's bells and whistles, but it's still real life. And parts of being in a serious relationship are even more complicated than being single. So I want to compliment you guys on everything you say and do it's really hit so many more audiences than you might even realize. So thank you.
0: Thank you. We appreciate you listening and, and being open to learning and learning about things that you think like surface level might not relate to you, but end up do relating to you. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you for the introduction. is right. I am going to remain anonymous and that is the unfortunate truth of a controversy such as an abortion. I'm very open to speaking about it. I've told so many friends and family members, and I've even helped some friends go through something very similar. But the sad truth is there's such still such a negative um, dilemma, and people see abortion as such a problem, which, you know, in today's political climate, we all, of course, have our different views. But my hopes is that in a year and a few years from now, more women come out and feel like they can talk about this and normalize the term abortion and not feel like they're going to be judged or penalized in this world for doing something that or having to go through something that really was unplanned. Going off of
0: that, what you were about to say, like doing something like, yeah, it happened because you did something that we not necessarily we all, but the majority of us have done and it, just happened. Yeah. (laughs) It just happened to happen to you. I assume like you, you never thought like, oh, that could happen to me, but then it did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I certainly did not plan it. And I have to say in my story, which I'll get into in a moment, there were really low lows and really high highs from it. And I think that the bigger picture is not what I went through, but what I took out of it and how it's shaped me as a person, which is why I'm open to coming here today and sharing that story. I love
0: that. Well, if you want to get into it, why don't you tell us when this happened, what chapter of your life you were in and and what was really going on when it happened and when you found out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to start off before I say exactly what happened. My story is authentic. This was only about me completely original. There are tens of thousands and millions of women who have gotten abortions and have had extremely different stories than me. So I don't want listeners to automatically assume it's the same. I was very lucky in my situation, all things considered, and I was very privileged. So I just want listeners to keep that in mind. Anyway, into right into it. It was senior year of college. I was casually seeing someone and we were casually having sex. And it was one of my friends was going to a date night and called me on that Friday night and said, I'm going to my date night in three hours. I'm kind of anxious. My period's late. Can I come over and just like, you watch me take a pregnancy test. Can I hold your hand? And I said, yes. She came over. She brought a pack of pregnancy tests, which come with two. And I looked at her and I said, weird request, but can I actually use your other test? Because now that you've mentioned it, my period is late. She takes the test. She's negative. We're like kind of giggly and laughing because neither of us actually thought that this could ever happen to someone that we know, let alone ourselves. Then I take the test, wait three minutes, and there were two lines on it, which means that I am positive and that I was pregnant. So my immediate reaction, believe it or not, was to start cracking up. And that's not because I thought it was funny or was belittling what was happening, but it was because it felt so out of this world that this could ever happen to me. And it did. So automatically I told two other girls that were living in the same house as I was at the time and they insisted on taking me to an urgent care right away so we did just that and I went to an urgent care and took another test and again it was positive so I tried calling my parents because that was what I needed to get over for me I said as soon as I'll tell my parents I'll be okay But the minute between finding out I was pregnant to the moment I could speak to my parents and confess to them and get their advice was probably the worst few hours of my life because the conflict was they were on an airplane to Colorado and had just taken off when my test was positive. So I could not reach them for another five or six hours. So instead I called my older sister and she said something to me that I think completely changed my life because it's A, what got me through that moment but also just reminded me that I'm not a bad person because I was pregnant. She said, you're not a bad person. You had sex and you got unlucky. So I am hoping that listeners really hear that. I mean, abortions are a cause of having sex, which I would say most college students are doing. And if you go through this or if you know someone that's going through this, just remind them that like you did something that is such a normal thing for especially college aid students to do. So I spoke to her for a while. And then I told a few more other very close friends that I had at the time. So then I proceeded to go to my room and had three or four of my best friends sit with me. It was a Friday night. We were all supposed to go out and party at a frat. And the friends that I have, thank God, were like, F this, let's get 17 pints of Ben and Jerry's and make you giggle and laugh until your parents land and we can call them flash forward six hours my entire body was shaking profusely um because imagine calling your mother and dad saying hi i'm pregnant at age 18. uh i kind of just went out and said it the second my mom answered um i said hi mom I don't even know how to say this, but I'm casually seeing someone and we had sex and I just found out I'm pregnant. And her response immediately was, you're pregnant? (laughs) And then I heard my dad in the background go, who's pregnant? So that was a very terrifying moment. But after they had time to process it, which in retrospect was probably seven seconds, but it was probably the longest seven seconds of my life. My parents said, okay, well, we will figure it out together what you want to do, how we're going to handle it, and everything is going to be fine. So I did grow up in a, with a background of always being extremely pro-choice. So for me, it was a very easy decision. I knew the second that I found out that there was no way I was at a place in my life that I could raise and take care of a child. So I elected to have the abortion and my parents, of course, supported it. And so it having their support and my sister's support, I think, is 100% what got me through those first few hours, and then on ongoing. So, uh, following that conversation, of course, I went to a Planned Parenthood on campus. I had one best friend that I took with me, and she was my rock during the whole thing. She came with me to the initial consultation, which was which was really hard. I mean, they, they took an ultrasound. They asked if I wanted to see it, and I did, which I don't regret. I mean, I was I was curious and also don't think I could have comprehended the fact that there was actually a growing fetus inside of me unless I saw the photo. Uh, she told me how many weeks I was, and then after your initial consultation, you obviously make the appointment to have the abortion. So a few days later, maybe it was a week later, that same best friend took me. She sat in the waiting room for me, and I got it. And What many people don't realize is you are awake the whole time. You're not given medication. At least I wasn't. I was given two Advil. And that was it. So then I rented a hotel room with that same best friend that night. And we stayed in and ate more Ben & Jerry's and tubs of Nutella. And I went through it. So um, I want to open up time because I know I just told my whole story. But I do have a lot of thoughts after the fact of where it led me to today.
0: I had chills and tears while you were explaining that. And um, obviously I'm, I'm really happy that your family and your friends were so supportive. And I definitely have a few questions in terms of what were your actual fears in, in this situation? Cause I think we all, that we don't think it's gonna happen to us. If it did happen, I think there are a lot of things that we'd be afraid of. And I'm wondering what your fears were first, like when you found out and after you went to urgent care and they confirmed that yes, you are pregnant. And I know your biggest fear was like telling your parents, but what was your fear, I guess, in telling your parents? And then also, I'm definitely curious if you told the guy that you were seeing and how that all played out.
1: Yeah, so biggest fears. I mean, yes, telling my parents, but more so just their little girl and their youngest daughter. Are they going to look at me differently? They, They were okay to the fact that I had sex, I mean practicing safe, actually no. So something I should have mentioned at the beginning of the story is I have a blood disorder which means I'm really prone to clotting um, which does not typically affect my day to day but it does mean I can't take hormones ever uh, including birth control. So I was not on birth control at the time. I had to go old school and use condoms and despite being effective, clearly they don't always work. so, Alana, you asked me what some of my biggest fears were. I mean, at the time, it, as as many college girls can relate to, it, it was what will people think of me? Um, how will people look at me? Will guys ever want to be with me now that I'm broken, in a sense, um, which, which is what I was thinking at the time, which I very much learned was not the case now. Um, you asked if I told the guy. I elected not to. Um, as I mentioned, when I started telling you, we were in a casual relationship. I didn't think it was right to put him in that imposition because we weren't serious enough and we didn't have that strong enough relationship. This was something that I really struggled with and consulted with my friends about and weighed back and forth. Um, And still today, I don't know if I made the right decision. Um, And, you know, people might say I disagree with what I did and not telling him, but I just didn't think as two college seniors um, that didn't have a deep enough relationship that it was the right time and place to involve him.
0: I respect that. Um, And and I understand that. And I I can think that I probably would have made the, the same choice. I mean, there is such a
1: desire for either those going through it or those who know someone who's going through it to make it such a secret because it's such a problem in society since it is so controversial. So if we keep having these conversations, I mean, ideally I can come back in a few months and say, hey, it's me. This is my story and I'm going to tell you it and I'm going to be proud to tell you it. And it's not because I'm embarrassed of it. It's because of the risks that it comes with and just how it can affect me ongoing.
0: Yeah. Speaking of of ongoing, I know you mentioned before that one of your fears was how guys that you were going to see in the future, we're going to accept you or if they would want to date you or not because of it. Can you tell us how that has unfolded for you? And, and I know you said ultimately that did not happen and they were okay with it, but what was it like dating and having sex with people even after this happened?
1: So that's a really good question. And that was actually the most difficult part of this, of the abortion for me was not the actual day of the abortion or the time in which I was pregnant, but it was definitely the effects afterwards. I was in therapy for anxiety and it only increased times 1 million. I would, I remember it was 4th of July right after my senior year. So a few months after this happened and I was celebrating at a friend's lake house and I slept in the same bed as another guy, fully clothed. He was fully clothed. We did not touch each other. And I woke up the next day hysterically crying and called my gynecologist and said, I slept in the same bed as a guy. Am I pregnant? <laughs> and I mean, obviously, that's not possible. It was extremely re- irrational. But that's that's just where your head goes. It's like, oh, my God, this terrible, scary thing happened to me. Is it going to keep happening? Am I just doomed and <laughs> going to be pregnant every other day for the rest of my life? Which sounds so silly in retrospect, but it really was how I was feeling. So. It took me a little bit of time to start having sex again. And I was obviously extremely careful, even more so than I had been. Once I was ready to start having sex with a guy, I A, made sure it was serious enough that I would want to tell whoever it was. But that was the other scary part was, okay, if I was serious enough with a guy and I opened up and told him about this, would he then reject me? Would he see me differently? Would he want to break up with me because I was no longer this pure woman who's never been impregnated, you know? So eventually, flash forward a few years, I did have one semi-serious relationship and I opened up to him and he was accepting of it. That didn't work out. Currently, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I am in a serious relationship and it was about two or three months into us dating that I started feeling real feelings. And I remember we were on a hike and I, I, well, first of all, when I had the abortion, I remember promising like, I will be open about this with whoever I end up with and my children, because why am I gonna hide such a big part of me about something that was so monumental in my life. So we were on this hike and I kind of just said it. I said, hey, you know, in college, this happened. It was extremely unexpected. I did what I thought I needed to do and I'm, I don't regret what I did about it, but this is who I am. And I was extremely relieved when he was open and asked me questions and didn't, not only did he accept the fact that I've been pregnant and had an abortion, but he also asked questions and really wanted to understand what I went through. So I think that was a really large part of the journey. Was like, oh, this person can love me and want to almost go through it with me rather yeah. than just making it part of my past life. So I mean, flash forward two and a half years, we have an adorable puppy on an apartment together. And but uh I I this is something I, I've struggled with telling people and as years have passed, I've opened up to some more people and I, I want to keep talking about it. That's why I was so excited to come on this podcast and share my story.
0: I've, I have a few questions and I'm gonna put them all out there now just so I don't forget them, um, but we can go one by one. So obviously like you're in a serious relationship and I really appreciate what you said about your boyfriend wanting to kind of go through it with you and not just have it be a part of your past. Have you thought about like in the future when you actually decide I do want to have a child, do you think that's gonna be a scary experience for you? Um, that's no, we'll talk. Yeah. Let's go, go right into that.
1: I, the reason I'm so quick to respond. No, is because no, I mean, I work with children for a living. I love children. I've always wanted to be a mother of a few children and one, one pro <laughs> of being pregnant earlier in your life is, you know, you're fertile. So no, I think that when it does happen, I'll be ready yeah. and it, it really doesn't scare me, but I do want to emphasize how long it took me to get there. It, this wasn't an overnight. It happened and now I'm okay. It was, this happened a lot of therapy, a lot of hours on the phone with my gynecologist who I also call my therapist at this point um, to get to where I am today.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. In terms of like your gynecologist, is this someone who you felt like you could open up to before and were comfortable with before? Like suddenly you had to rely on this person, this, your, your doctor and, you had to lean on them and go through this situation with them. Cause you've mentioned like you've called them like multiple times and, and have really relied on them to be almost like a therapist to you. Did you have like a, what you felt like a strong relationship before? Cause I know me, like I go for my annual checkup and like, I don't have necessarily a doctor that I, I feel like I could confide in. And I do wonder if that's a problem, you know?
1: Absolutely. That's actually a great question. I mean, I didn't have a Tight relationship with my gynecologist, you know. Also would go see him annually. But that said, coincidentally, he is also the gynecologist of my sister, my mother, my aunt, and my grandmother. So <laughs> he knows the line. Wow. So he was just like a very warm and family man. So it, it wasn't that I was so close to him initially, but it was that he made me feel so comfortable Uh, and answered to all of my calls and knew how much I was struggling and was so there for me. I mean, now, you know, I only see him for my annuals now for the past few years, and, like, I'll be sitting on the table waiting for him, and he'll come and he'll give me a hug. Like,
0: yeah.
1: So that's actually a really good point for women who are going through this. I think it is really valuable to have a doctor that you can ask anything to and call at any time of night and will give you their cell phone number and whatever you need. Yeah,
0: that's really good to hear, and it's good that you were able to really – Trust him and and still um, know that you're safe with him. Okay, my next question, and I feel like this is something we, we all could benefit to hear from, is if obviously you had to go through a lot, this I'm sure impacted your senior year of college and beyond what role did your friends play in this? I feel like most people who are listening are gonna be at some point potentially in the role of the friend. And I would love to hear how they can best be a friend to their friend going through this or if you're Mm -hmm. if they end up in this situation like how would they want their friends to be to them because it is often hard for us to tell our friends what we need
1: so uh, the the friend that was there for me for the abortion that friend was the one who really got me through this because she talked about it with me whenever I wanted and listened to me cry whenever I needed to. And to an extent, I felt like a burden. I mean, anyone going through something so traumatic is going to feel like, oh my God, I'm chasing away my friends. But she just let me know that there was nothing I could say or do that was going to scare her away. So I would say, tell your friend that you're there. I would also say, tell your friend that they're not alone. I mean, when it first started, I think I had only told four or five friends. And as years continued and conversations began, I told a few more friends and a few more friends. No, I, I still haven't opened up to that many people, but I was so afraid of the judgment and just projected that so many people would not understand. And I was so wrong. In fact, one of my best friends now, we weren't that close and it had came up, come up once. And I told her, uh, we were on a subway. I remember this so well. I told her that what I went through, and she looked at me and goes, "I had an abortion in college too." And I think you'd be surprised with how many women uh, have also gone through this. So if, yeah, if maybe I'm being repetitive, but if if you're a friend, just be there, remind them they're not alone. They had sex, they're not a bad person. That's the biggest message. Take away you're not a bad person. You're not doing the wrong thing. Yeah you need to do what's best for you. You need to do what's best for, um, if you decide to raise that baby, that's wonderful. And if you don't think you're ready, then that's also okay.
0: What advice would you give to someone who might be listening, who's going through this now, or who someone who might, might be listening to this is going to go through this? Like, what is your overall, like the lessons you, you learned and what you wish you heard? And I know, obviously, your sister's piece of advice really stu- like stuck with you and helped you through it. But as someone who went through this, like, what would you tell other people?
1: Find your person. You're not alone. Um, and I promise you, it'll get easier. Um, whether it takes a day or seven years, it the idea of it gets much easier. Don't force yourself to do anything you don't want to do. I mean, you're your own person. And... Thank God we do live in a society that allows us to make these decisions. Um, And women need to stick together. I absolutely believe in today's current environment. And uh, yeah, and what what I said to Alana before we recorded this podcast is, I know I'm coming on this anonymously. That said, I really do want to help women. And I want to help anyone that's going through either this or something similar. So while I'm not identifying myself for reasons I've already said... If you feel like you want to talk to me, you can DM seeing other people or Alana, and I have given her permission to give my contact to someone who really does want support.
0: Thank you so much for being here. It's something that I'm really, really glad that you volunteered and reached out and said, let me tell my story. The second you said that, I was like, fuck yes. And I I hope that people feel like they were able to take something away from this. And I, I hope that people feel like they can go and have a conversation with someone, a friend, a family member, a coworker, anyone about normal. I mean, we say the word normalizing so much, but really normalizing it because like it's you said, yeah. sitting on the subway with someone who you weren't that close with, you brought it up and she said, that happened to me too. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the moral of the story here or one of them is that it's something that we don't talk about and it's something that happens. And it's something that we need to talk about.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me and listening to my story.
0: Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh sure, but not quite. I love that Oakcase's podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, that too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are Sisters IRL. Join us on OK Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!